Welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefy, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facilities side of our business. Hello, and welcome to the Institute of Club Directors and this exclusive Beyond the Baselines podcast with me, your host, Ed Chenefy. We welcome Jesse Gottlieb, Director of Junior Tennis and owner of Gottlieb Tennis. Jesse has experience both at elite clubs and at municipal courts. His views of junior tennis and communicating with both the juniors, but perhaps even more importantly, the parents are coming from a professional and department head who has grown through the past eight years into a leading figure in the tennis industry in New England. He has grown his proprietary program, Gottlieb Tennis, after leaving Sipican Tennis Club where he served as junior director for five years. Starting with just one municipality, Just under three years ago, he has now grown his program to three towns along the south coast of Massachusetts and is looking to add more. Consistently seeing 35 juniors each week throughout the entire year, not just at a summer club, he gets to not only teach these juniors tennis, but acts as one of their true mentors. Jesse, as a public school math teacher, realizes the importance of mentoring and tutoring, all while being a leader by example. Marketing is what Jesse believes is the difference in both finding and retaining juniors for his programs. But no matter how good your marketing is, he says, the power of a phone call is truly magical in terms of getting juniors out on the court. This is our first exclusive podcast for our sister organization, the Institute of Club Directors. The Institute is here to help those governors of private members clubs and organizations in the hospitality industry with governance, budgeting, and long-term strategies. A forum where we share a true knowledge base from not only our own correspondents, but also leaders out there in the industry. The Institute of Club Directors is a resource like no other. If you're a member, welcome aboard. If you're a visitor and would like more information, please reach out to us on the phone at 508-538-1288. There's nothing like a phone call. Or email us at management at instituteofclubdirectors.com. But now, without any further ado, the Falmouth-based public school special education middle school math teacher who has the patience in the classroom, but the magical touch to bring tennis to the juniors in the inner city and municipalities up and down the south coast of Mass. Here's Jesse Gottlieb. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Institute of Club Directors podcast. I'm Ed Shanifi. I'm your host. And this week, I've got a, a very good friend of mine and associate colleague of mine. We worked together for five wonderful years at Sipican Tennis Club, Jesse Gottlieb. He was our director of junior tennis. Jesse, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Ed? Uh, I'm great, thanks. I'm warmer than you are up there in uh, Massachusetts. It's minus four degrees right there uh, up there today, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's freezing. <laughs> well, I remember the first day we met. It was a cold day in Marion. You came for an interview. Uh, that yep. was, I think, seven years ago. Um, so I think I've, I've known you six or seven. No, more, maybe more than that, actually, because it'll be my seventh summer, so maybe seven and a half years ago. Oh, my God. Um, yes, time flies. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So we were just talking before we came on the air that Jesse's, um, his full-time job is a, he's a math teacher in the Falmouth Public School District up there in Falmouth, Mass. And he's a special ed math teacher that takes a lot of patience and a lot of work. Um, and this will be his, uh, um, sixth year doing that at Falmouth and he's nine years in teaching, correct? That's right. Yep. The years have, have definitely gone by. The first couple were a little bit of a headache and you get to get through those. And all of a sudden now I'm in my, uh, in like my, in my ninth year, what is it? Ninth? Yeah. You better have had them up correctly. You're a math teacher. I know. It's just <laughs> the, the year, like the last couple of years for like five years with COVID is just, it's crazy right now, but I right. love it. I love it. 
That's great. And I, I uh, and I know that you drive every day over those Sagamore and Warren bridges to get to work. And that alone is quite a commute. Um, if anyone's been to the Cape, knowing those two bridges to get onto Cape Cod is never easy, especially at rush hour, which is what Jesse drives every day. Jesse, when you were uh, director of junior tennis uh, at Sipican, which has a great junior program, uh, you built it from originally 65 to over 130 kids. How did you go about, I know it's a private club, it's different, and we're going to talk about that too, but how did you go about organizing the groups and marketing the different levels to the parents? Because those are the people that are actually paying the parents. So we're talking about junior tennis day, folks and how we get the kids on the court. Jesse's, I'm going to take you through his career and build it up for him. But he started really working in, with juniors, with, with me at Sipican. And I want to know how you thought about marketing to those parents, many of whom you still, I'm sure, contact. Uh, well, marketing for, in terms of Sipican with, with the members, uh, first, it was all about, at first, it was just learning, like, the culture and, like, you're talking, like, the ethos of the club. And we were the first year we were kind of taking it from what like the programs from the, from the last year going in the flow with there. Um, and it was all about building relationships, like one at a time with each parent, with each family and just seeing like, and, and the power of a phone call goes a long way. Um, Cause from there you get to talk to them, the needs and the scheduling of their kids and their activities, what levels that they're currently at, where, what are their goals? Cause for some families, Sipican, they're there only for a couple of weeks. Um, so they're not there for them, for their kid to transform their tennis. Uh, maybe they want to stay in orange ball. And then the next year, we'll see if they play a little bit of winter indoor tennis. Maybe they'll play green ball. So it all depends on how long they're at the club for and what they're doing for activities throughout the year as well. So you have to really know your members. Um, but if a kid is there for every session throughout the summer and they're four days a week, they're taking private lessons, uh, then you can have that sometimes a not a difficult conversation, but if the parent wants to really push up their kid from one clinic to another, you have to make sure that like you're, you're talking to them politely about it. You, know, you listen, like, we'll, we'll reevaluate midway throughout the summer. We'll see where they're at and just, just take it with a grain of salt. And sometimes you have to also take a risk too. And sometimes the parent is, is right. And like the kid needs to be pushed and they need to step up and play with better players. Um, so just building a relationship and knowing the members is really important. You know, you said something right at the beginning there. I'm trying to teach one of my staff members down here about the power of the phone call. Uh, and I know I'm not going to say how old Jesse is. He's he's a good 15 to 20 years younger than I am. And, but his generation, your generation, Jesse, tends to lean on, on the text message and tends to lean on social media. But the power of the phone call, right? And that's what you mean by that. Not just a text, but the actual lifting of the receiver and talking to a parent. Yeah, I remember in all my interviews, uh, just being a math teacher and all my interviews with the schools, it was really corny, but I would always say that for me, my priority and my true belief is I can change the world one student at a time. So just having that mindset, even with tennis players, like you got to know the kid and you got to be able to communicate and talk to the parent because texting and emails, like you can't really sense a tone of a conversation. You can't hear that person talk. So sometimes you might read what they're saying by text incorrectly, but if you can actually hear them in the tone of how they're saying like whatever words they're saying, then you can really tell they're being sarcastic or if they truly mean what they're saying. Uh, so talking to somebody is communication that is, I think is more important nowadays because it's, it's a lack of a skill, unfortunately, like as the generations go on.
but yeah, it's extremely important in, in the club setting. Now, taking that from the club setting, taking it to what you're doing now, which is in the public, on the public courts and the public sphere, how does the marketing change to those types of parents? I mean, club club settings very small, very tight, very uh, everybody knows everybody. But here, you're going into a town uh, public court arena. How do you find people? Is it word of mouth? Do you take ads out? How does that work? Uh, well. At first, it was like if I could go back a couple of years ago, it really did start with growing relationships with the town that I current I grew up in, currently live in now with Dartmouth, and I was I was grew up there and I always saw the local like Parks and Rec program, and they always had like a high school kid running it. It might have been the best quality in the entire world. Um, so as I was working at Sipican, I kind of got my feet wet with that, and I, I just talked to him, had a conversation, and I just introduced myself and I just told him who I am. I'm a certified professional. Um, they asked me if I can get a cert- certificate of insurance uh, through the USPTA. So they're covered as well. And I did that for a summer with spec tennis and it went really well. Um, and then from there, I got a couple of clients after I had another, I had phone calls with every single person that came to the camp at the end of the summer. And I, and I talked to them about their kid and I discussed what they want from tennis, if they want to continue to continue tennis. And then from there, I started to make more classes and my program grew and grew. And now it's an actual program, it's an actual junior program. And then from there, I just uh, talked to more towns and parks and, rec- and recs. And I'm proud to say that now I run programs for Westport, Dartmouth, New Bedford, and now Fairhaven along the coast of four towns in a row. So I'm really proud of that. And I'm growing relationships with the towns. And it really is having that phone call with every single client and telling them about the programs and schedules and then don't be afraid to ask for referrals too, but make sure you have a referral system in place uh, so they have that incentive. So that's just one of the, the examples that kind of helped me to grow like in, in the beginning stages. So that's a that's a great story that you grew from one town to three more. And folks, this is all on the south coast of Massachusetts, just, just before you get to the Cape Cod bridges. Um, so if I might, I mean, how many kids do you have under tutelage right now? I mean, Kids, you teaching on a on a on a on a monthly basis. Well, the thing that I the thing that I love now, like I loved working as a began. It gave me such an amazing experience, and we grew the junior program. Not just me; it was, it was definitely a, you and me. <laughs> it was a team. team, team, and Kimberg, you know, our manager yes, too. She everybody, the yep. junior junior staff, the the, the head pros, everybody. And, um, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. So in terms of the clientele, like the thing I love about being a kind of independent pro and having like full creativity of your own program. And like, I like to have, like, it really has turned into a smaller uh, pool of kids and families. But with that, I run things all year round. So I only need about 20 to 40 uh, clients that are pretty consistent. And that helps pay the bills. Like it, it, it helps out. And, but with that, I can have a really good relationship too with all of the families and I get to know them really well. And over time, like I can count my list and it's probably near 50 to 60, but on average, to be honest, it's probably around 20, 35 that I see pretty consistent throughout the year. And I actually love that so much. And like some of the parents call me a mentor with their young kids. And I really care for the kids over time because I really get to know them and I'm, I'm their tennis coach because I'm the only person in my own program. So it's just me. Like I am their role model. I am another adult in their lives every week with a consistent clients and 
it just gives me so much joy just like being a math teacher it's it's been like an absolute pleasure to to start to grow this so I, I I'm loving it yeah I mean you know that's the funny thing and, and we forget that even though I work for a club um or several clubs but you basically sell yourself you know when you're out there on the court and you have to market yourself sell yourself be you know I've heard this term everywhere the pied piper for the membership or pied piper for the kids um, and that's how you, with that energy and, and knowledge and technical uh, teaching, uh, continue to grow your base. Um, and I think that's probably the number one way of gaining clients, as you do individually with the kids. On the on a separate note, I know that you do a lot of. We were talking about this uh, over the past year. A lot of videos with in, on YouTube and LinkedIn. Um, how do you carry over your persona on the court? to your persona here on video, because I, I, I remember the first day I met you at Sipagan, not the first day, first first day of uh, teaching at Sipagan, your first day, you got down on your knees, you were, got really close to the, you know, down next to the kid, same level. And I'd never seen that before. I said, hey, that's great. You know, he's, he's, he's putting himself eye to eye, you know, you're not talking down to the student or the junior. Um, how do you get that persona, your, your kind of crazy fun persona across on video? And how, how do you edit it that way? That's a really good question. I know later on we're going to talk about how is being a school teacher is helping my on-court coaching as well. But in terms of the video, like it takes consistency and repetition, like obviously to build being like the authority like in your area. But also when you're doing more repetition of video, you get better at it at first. Like if I if I look at my videos I made a couple of years ago, like first off, I probably took like my iPhone, my iPhone and did videos multiple times. I'm like, oh, that's not good enough. Or I was stuttering or, or I was mumbling, even though like I know I mumble, but like content is never perfect. You have to make sure you're just getting the content out. And over time, like as I'm doing, I'm quicker with my phone and taking videos and like I walk upstairs, I talk to my wife. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting better at this. Like I was actually talking to the, the phone, like as if I was having a conversation with a parent or something and making sure that like, I'm letting my personally, my personality coming out while I'm talking about whatever topic I'm talking about for, for that week. Um, but you can't be, a, you can't be afraid. And like, yeah, some people are not going to like your content, like the 80, 20 rule, but like, you're going to put yourself out there and then it'll reciprocate too. Like people will like that you're showing your true personality and Cause if you do that, they know their kids are not going to be bored when they could come to the clinic. Like they know, like, Oh, he's a nice guy. He was, he's responsible. He knows his stuff. Like let's, let's give him a chance. Um, so just being yourself and doing as much as you can really helps out. Yeah. I think coming across as yourself, don't try to be anything different. Right. Um, yeah. Cause the yeah. kids can, the kids can read, read through that too. Like being a school teacher, like once you for, like once you lie like once you don't keep your promise to a middle school student like they're gonna hold a grudge over you for a while like they can read through when you're being fake so you have to make sure that you're always your true personality and like of course like some kids might not like that but like they'll respect you for it so you have to make sure that you're being res you're being respected and you're the authority so yeah. uh, you bring that up that you're middle school middle school teacher correct Middle school math, eighth grade. Middle school special ed math. The, okay. the three combination. Everyone tells me I'm crazy, that, but I absolutely that, love it. Beyond the Baselines is the leading executive search firm for private members clubs and boutique resorts. 
Whether you are a member-owned club or a corporate hotel entity, we are the specialists for you in elite hospitality. It's not just the members that should feel loyalty to their club. It's the sense of loyalty combined with the pride of offering superior service and hospitality in every worker that makes a good club that much better. From the kitchens to the courts, the practice tees to the waterfront, Beyond the Baselines is your partner to find the best in-class employees for your club, facility, or resort. So find that right candidate with us today. Call us today at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288. Or visit us on the web at beyondthebaselines.com. Now, my daughter, you know Olivia very well. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe her if you saw her. She's a little taller than I am now, and she's a two-star recruiter already for college and a five UTR, and she's Amazing. playing a ton. Yeah, she's, she loves this sport. She does. Um, but you know her, and, and she is uh, very involved on social media, right? Instagram, TikTok. Um, we won't let her have a TikTok account, but she – watches it um yeah and and all that um facetime how do you on the court i mean do you ban phones uh i mean i know some instructors do uh on the, on the court how do you i think this generation is so quick to like look at a phone so quick to talk or call a friend or text a friend how do you keep their attention for an hour hour and a half yeah so well well first off like just like in the classroom like I always make sure that I'm making a lesson plan 24 hours before for every single cl clinic that I run. And I make sure that the, like, I, I heard you say on your podcast, like, I, like the last one I was hearing, I listened to like driving to Cape Cod and you have to make sure that like everything is, is, is chunked and you're, but you're not running a drill or a game too long. Cause you have to keep, you have to make sure you're keeping their, your attention. But like, just because maybe like one kid doesn't like it doesn't mean you have to stop it for that one kid. Maybe you need to get down to their level and explain to them the, the why behind we're doing that drill in game and tell them, listen, like this is going to help you become better focused with being more decisive, hitting a, a forehand, maybe 70 percent of the time or wh whatever it is. Um, and just ma making sure that you always have proximity with a kid. So for me personally, like I don't like basket feeding too much. Like that's just my personality. So I'm a big person on partner cooperative activities, one-on-one -on -one, and like toss hit and catch and all the progressions based off that. So that way I can walk around and I can just stop and tell them, Hey, listen, you got to work on this part of the technique or whatever it is. And I can demonstrate and show them. Um, so when you give them that personal attention, um, they're engaged and engagement is, is key. What age group do you go through the toss and catch where do you, USDA, I know, you know, they want the kids hitting the ball as soon as possible, playing points. I, I kind of agree with you. I don't push that as fast. I think a kid that, this is my personal opinion, mm -hmm. I, folks. I mean, a kid that goes and starts hitting balls as fast as they can and playing forgets the stroke technique. They, they're mm -hmm. just trying to win. Um, I think King Richard be believes in that too. I mean, he didn't let his kids play tournaments, but Jesse, what, at what age or ability, it's not really age because everyone matures at a different time, but when you see something in a kid, when do you say, okay, let's go start playing some competitive points? When, when does that come about? In uh, your opinion. Yeah, in my, in my opinion, I, I would probably say by, like, you mean like live ball points and in, in, in at some point in the clinic? I, like trying to get, yeah, like trying to get a rally going uh, yeah. or you, like I think 
we used to do it at, at Sipikin. We called it double champions doubles. You know, they go up and down through the small nets. If they won, they went to the right. It's almost like yep. up the river, down the river with, with kids. Um, but champion doubles or yeah, some kind of like competitive live ball drill. I would say like real, if you're being realistic with this conversation, I would probably say age eight with a good athlete and age nine, like that, I would say that's a good age for them to really start to learn the cooperative rally and to try to keep up their, their technique. Cause before then, like the age, like six to nine, 68, I'm, they're doing more dead ball feeding and doing like competitions and hitting targets and things like that. So they're still learning on the very basic ready position turn and then low to high, maybe a loop with certain kids. But if I'm doing a private lesson, like there's some six and seven year olds, I'm getting them to rally with me, with me 10 in a row if we have lessons throughout the summer. So it really depends on the atmosphere and then the dynamic of the class and things like that. Um, but yeah, I would probably say age eight or nine. That's a great point because I can, you do, we can rally with kids where the kids can't always rally with each other, right? So we can run around and get those balls and they feel like they're keeping a point in play. Um, and that I think helps them progress in a big way so that you can't do that in a clinic. So they're, you know, just talking one-on-one with you, Jesse, we're talking about private lessons possibly for those kids' parents, because no matter how good a clinic is, you can't, the, the pro can't hit with the kid one-on-one. It's just going to get too boring for the other kids standing in line, which is what we don't want. Um, and it's going to look good too, like while you're doing that, but like you have to, you have to make sure you're also communicating with the parent. Hey, listen, like, I'm hitting it right to them at their hip height. And like, I'm getting these balls are out of bounds or I'm hitting a volley from the baseline. So it looks better. So they get the repetition, they feel successful, but just cause they can hit 10 in a row with me, doesn't mean they're ready to go from the smaller court, whatever your smaller court is in your junior program to the larger court doing more peer cooperative competitive drilling. It's unrealistic, but you have to make sure you're telling them as to the why behind it. Cause from the parent point of view, they see their kid playing tennis, like they're playing the game but it's with a coach, so it's a little bit different. At Beyond the Baselines, we have over 25 years of experience with management of private members' clubs and boutique resorts. Whether it's finding the inefficiencies caused by the blurring of roles between management and board governance, managing a single department, or educating and mentoring a key employee, we have served the private members' club industry like no other consultancy since 2007. Partnering with club governing bodies and working alongside management, we bring a team of highly specialized and experienced associates for that personal touch and hands-on management style to achieve long-term goals with short-term results. At Beyond the Baselines, we understand the traditions and importance of membership, but history and connections to a bygone era shouldn't inhibit growth. In fact, we believe they can be a catalyst for change. So please visit our website at beyondthebaselines.com or give us a call at 508-538-1288. That's 508 508- 508-538-1288. I'm going to change directions a little bit more into the business side of what you do and looking at the towns you are. I think you're in Fairhaven, you're in New Bedford, Fall Dartmouth, River, Westport. Dartmouth. Um, if people, uh, you know, the demographics of these towns are very uh, wide. You know, you have people who live on the water who have very beautiful homes and then in the inner cities of some of these towns like new bedford which is it was what was at one time the wealthiest city in america because of the uh lobster um uh, the whaling boats um back in the 1700s but now the inner city is being reclaimed um but i want to know your actual demographic must be very wide uh, of types of kids 
But the second thing I want to ask you is how, and this is, I want to know, because there's a lot of red tape with public courts. How do you get through all the red tape? I know you have your insurance through USPTA, but did you have to do a request for a proposal and RFP for the, the town? And how do you keep up with the town mandates and ordinances uh, that, that we in the private club sector don't have to deal with? Uh, so with the, in terms of like, for, for me, their feeder systems, like, like personally with running classes with the parks and rec, and I'm a school teacher. So my availability really is during the summer season to run something consistent outside of my private clinics and lessons. Uh, so again, I started at Dartmouth Recreation and from there it, it built year after year. But at first I really had no idea. Like I had, like I had no idea if I was going to be an employee of the town. I had no idea as like how it would be organized and structured. So with that first phone call with Dartmouth Rec, I told them I'm certified. Here's my experience. Um, I can I can create a program for you. And they're like, great. Yeah, we, we don't want to do that, that much work, but we can market within our channels and we have a good relationship with the school systems, which is amazing. Um, and if you make the programs, if you create the classes, the structures, if you do all the wording for us, if you can create, a, if you can have equipment just in case, if you have the insurance, then we can have you be an outside vendor and you'll get most of the percentage of, as a vendor. I had no idea. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. How does nobody know about this? I, people do. I'm sure I've read it on Facebook, on Facebook groups and stuff. But I feel like more young professionals, if they knew about this, they can either do it one independently or the indoor winter clubs, they could use this as outreach for their community in the summers and take their clientele to their private clubs during the winter. It, it, it's a win-win. Uh, but yeah, so it started with that. Um, and, and yeah, all my programs are six weeks long and it's run through the town only the, the families pay, pay the town. And then I get percentage at, at the end. Um, and yeah. And then for my own private clinics and lessons, I actually, I know some independent pros, they might not like, they might go to different courts at a time with the public sector, but I quickly learned that if I'm doing a actual program, if I'm going to be there every single week, I need to get a field permit. So I looked into it with the city and they had field permits. I'm like, all right, I got to invest in it. So I talked to them and I built a relationship with the city and they, they allowed it. So now I get field permits every single season. I do it early. I make sure I have my insurance ready and I'm all quarry checked. And now I have what field, field permits. permit. What does that mean? What is, I don't know what a field permit is. This is new for me. So what does that in, in, entail? So there's a lot of local organizations too that do softball or flag football, whatever it is. So they have field permits in place where you're allowed to rent. It's like a lease. You're, you're allowed to rent out uh, local facilities uh, for a season at a time. So for me, I, what I learned is that for me, a field permit consisted of just one court at a time. Um, so for me, I get a, a lease, like I rent out um, courts every week so I can run my own program. And not every town allows that. And the, in terms of the, the money or even just allowing it, it's always different in parts of, parts of the country. Um, but if they do allow it, it's definitely something to look into as an independent pro. But make sure you're also offering some sort of value for the town, and if, if you can, just so you're not asking something in return and you're not giving anything back. Um, so making sure you're building that relationship is key too. Like I've said before. So when are you going to start in Falmouth? Because I think Falmouth is where you teach. You could do it. Could you start? I mean, could you reach out to Falmouth and do it there too? Um, well, well, te technically, as a if you're a high school coach, 
like technically you're not supposed to teach you you're, you're on your oh own that's pace. true that's but, true but again there's always people um but like so i commute all the way from dartmouth to falmouth so in terms of being even a high school coach it'd be really hard for me to get home and see my children seven o'clock at night when they're sleeping already so i had the chance to be the high school coach but i love what i'm doing now um i run a small tennis club uh program for my middle school it's a five-week program it's for it's just to introduce tennis to the kids they're all beginners and I get so much from it because I get to uh, show them a sport of a lifetime. I provide the equipment because most of them don't have a tennis racket. Um, we had two courts on our campus. They were really bad uh, when I first got hired six years ago. And I showed my passion and enthusiasm to the athletic director. And they're like, you know what? Like, we have grants through the, through the town. Maybe I should look into it. Maybe apply for a big one. And she did. And me and my principal, we wrote some letters of evidence of how we would use it for tennis or for engineering class and they're able to get the money they redid it and now i run a program for my middle school and it's it's just so much fun and the kids really appreciate it i remember when you were going through that i, I drove by the courts um they're kind of martha's vineyard right yeah i was uh, yeah I was, I was going on the way to the vineyard and i drove by and uh saw them cracked and and now they're beautiful um that's a great story you know doing stuff for the the inner city there of falmouth um what in in summary, uh, you spend the days teaching. I guess if it's special ed, middle school must be algebra one or geometry, and I'm getting a little of that with Olivia. It's not that easy anymore. I I, I used to be able to do these things, um, but how do you? Are there times when you can combine the two? Obviously, you do it because of your personality, your patient, your wonderful mentor, instructor. But I know I have fun when I do my presidential drill you've seen it and you know if, if someone hits the basket or me the president is down and you know the vice president becomes and we go through constitutional crisis of the president <laughs> being uh being taken out and so we get down to the you know the house speaker and uh you know the the senate and who's in that and the agricultural uh, administration you know all the, the cabinet ministers um but how do you bring, can you bring math to a tennis court? Is it possible with, with geometry and angles and distances? Have you ever done that? I'm sure you have. Uh, well, I know I could do better in terms of memorizing the dimensions of a court. And I know that is really important to teach the kids that the tennis court is actually very small. And it's basically like a really narrow sidewalk. So if they imagine like that, like from, that's coach from Steve Smith, like from Great Base. Um, and it teaches a lot of kids about, um, you got to make sure you hit it deep in the middle first, then you can build out the corners. Um, but in terms of the actual math on top of my head, I can remember the drill from, Yit I think it was Yitka from Asipakan. She did the 100 by fives, I'm pretty sure. And I don't remember this one. Tell me it. This sounds it was, like fun. So it's a cooperative drill and you, it's just basically a longest rally sort of a live ball drill. Um, and let's say you start from zero. Let's say you get to six in a row. If you do by fives, then the next rally you start, you round down to the last multiple of five. So instead of six, you go down to five and let's say you get to 24, you just keep accumulating. So let's say you get to 24, the next rally, you start from 20 and you keep going till you get a hundred. Um, so that's a little, little bit of math. And the, there last is a week, math in that. and the last week I was really mean to my high school kids and it was like, it was a couple there and they're pretty advanced. I'm like, all right, let's do hundred by tens. And, yeah. And so, so we were there for a while, but after they start, it was, I think when they got to like 50 or 60, they got more focused. And then by the end of it, they were just exhausted mentally. And like, all right, guys, we got this. We're going to keep doing this <laughs> until we get 100. Um, and then just doing competition, like like first to 
like doing, doing the skill drills in the beginning of class, even with a six and seven year old, like, okay, doing tap ups, like toss, let bounce and hit up. You got to get 10 in a row, not 10 total. Um, or doing the little sprouts and mommy me class with the four five and six year olds and just bouncing a ball and then catching it. Like that's one, okay, one, and then keep going. Counting, simple counting. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I, I I didn't know the uh, the yicka drill. That's a good one. I, she must have done that without me on the court. Um, but I love those kinds of things. I I don't I I try to teach a little bit outside of tennis on the court. You know, whether it be you know American history or some kind of math or something. I think that kind of entices the the kids, but also the parents think they're paying for getting more for their buck. Um, but Jesse, uh, to sum up. Where do you think you're going to be in a few years time doing this? I mean, do you see yourself expanding, maybe hiring somebody, maybe uh, marketing to a different group, maybe marketing to, you know, I don't know, senior citizens? Um, where do you think you're going to be in a couple of years? What, what, what holds for Gottlieb Tennis? Uh, well, first, I'm really happy with how much I've built to be an authority in the last couple of years. And at first, I was really skeptical of myself and I was really unsure of it and I my confidence was lower and then the more consistent I was and I just kept doing it and kept doing it to be honest I think it really has exponentially uh, grown in terms of people knowing you and what you offer and even your own retention of the clients retention has been really key for me because uh, that's revenue that you know is coming in or at least right. you know it, it, you, like it should be coming in so that's been that's been really key so I hope in a couple of years, I still have all of my seven to 10 year olds as teenagers. Great. Like if, if I do that, that's a win because all these kids have different activities. They're on their phones. So if I can keep tennis as their number one or two sport, I've done a really good job and I'm building, I'm keep growing those relationships with those young kids. And with that, like I, I'm happy. Um, and like my goal is to keep improving what I'm, what I'm currently doing. So just for a brief example, like I'm do, I have, a, I just did a team last summer with like the interclub teams we did at Sipican. Yeah, you and came I, up and played. And I continue, I, I plan on continuing to do that and make it better. And one of my parents asked me, Hey, can I be a team mom next summer? Yeah, sure. Like, so it's like just, just making the culture bigger and bigger and making it more special for the kids that will spread within the community. So I hope to just keep continuing what I'm doing it and making it more special. And if I do that, then I'm creating a program that's kind of like an elite country club. Like they have, it's the feel of it, but with the public sector, like that's my, that's my goal. That's fantastic. You know, a uh, mentor of mine, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, but maybe I haven't mentor of mine said, Hey Ed, when you come to a club or you start a program and you're good, you grow up with those families and you do, you know, I'm, I'm going back now um the kids that were six are now 14 and the kids that were 10 are now driving uh when I started so you do grow up with them you go through their college application process you go through their first job and I think you're going to see that with these kids in New Bedford and Fairhaven and you know they'll be coming back from college saying hey you want to hit some balls buddy and you know you know, probably hit that, some balls that happened to me last summer that there was a kid that was uh I think right when I stopped being the high school coach at Fairhaven uh, way back when, I think he was on a, on a team and he was my first, one of my first private clients. And he called me up before last summer and asked me for private tennis lessons. And he always did group stuff with me. And hey, can I do uh, some private lessons with you? Because now I'm, I play for the club tennis team for UNH. And I'm like, 
I'm like, what? Like, wow. And like, and I saw him, he's tall. He looks like a young man. And, and he's telling me what he wants to do when he grows up. I'm like, oh, this is, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. And I remember seeing a picture of one of the kids from Sipican. And I remember when she was like seven and now she's a, basically a young woman and she's doing drama. And I'm like, wow, like, it's crazy how fast, like the yep. kids grow up. Goes really fast. Yeah. Um, I mean, the picture behind me is, is the Nurgens and my daughter Olivia on our boat. And that's probably five years ago. I don't ever see them anymore in the summer. They go out in their own boat. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, thank you so much, Jesse, for being here. Thank Great you. to I have really you back. It. And good luck with all that you're doing. Uh, it's fantastic you. how you've brought the public sector, uh, the tennis to the public sector up there in the south coast of Massachusetts. And I'm sure we're going to be watching that program and grow over the years. Thanks so much for being here. And I want to say thank you again for uh, just working with you for those about five or six summers. And I learned so much from working with you and at Sipican. And if I didn't have that experience, like I, I truly believe I wouldn't have this now. Um, so I really am lucky to have that in my 20s. Um, I learned so much by working at one of the best clubs around the area. And it was absolute pleasure. And like sometimes I'm like, do I want to go back? I'm like, <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd have you back in a flash. But I think you're happy with what you're doing now. So, but it, the door is always open if you want to come back. Thanks, Thanks so much, Jesse. And we'll talk soon. All right, talk soon. Thank you for listening to BeyondTheBaseline.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views and great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or on the phone at 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website at www.beyondthebaselines.com, which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.